Welcome to UUCSW Reflections, a podcast by the Unitarian Universalist Congregational Society of Westboro, Massachusetts. We're glad you're here. Before we get into our service, I want to acknowledge that this has been a very difficult week, not only in our country, but in our congregation. While we as a congregation have been processing the unexpected death of one of our own, we are again confronted with the horrific news of yet another mass shooting, this time in an elementary school. And this comes on the tales of the racially motivated mass shooting at a grocery store in a black neighborhood in Buffalo and at a Taiwanese church in California. And again, we hear the infuriating loop of politicians using mental health as a scapegoat while refusing to ban the one weapon that makes this kind of violence possible. It's okay if you're tired and angry and heartbroken. It's okay if you're here today looking for hope or for solace. I've had a lot of people asking me how they can help this week. Often having something to do something to try to make things better or lessen another's pain. It helps with our own pain. So I want to give us a framework for navigating this because I think religious communities are responsible for helping foster social emotional intelligence so that we can care for each other well when horrible things happen. I don't remember which colleague I learned this from, so forgive my lack of citation. When tragic or painful things happen, it's helpful to think about the event as an epicenter with shockwaves. Like a stone dropped into water, the event is going to cause ripples that extend far beyond the place of impact. We see this effect both with things like suicide and mass shootings. And here's the important thing to keep in mind. The closer you are to the epicenter, or the more you identify with the tragedy, so think teachers and parents of elementary school kids right now, the closer you are to the epicenter, the bigger the impact on you as a person or community. And the farther away you are, the less impacted you are. And it's critical that we take stock of this because care and support should only flow inwards from those who are less affected to those who are more affected. So if you find yourself overwhelmed and needing support, please make sure that you are turning to someone who is in a position to support you. And if you're far enough away that you have the capacity to act for change, please do. Whether it's getting involved in local elections, doing research about gun laws, or donating to mental health and suicide prevention organizations, there are so many ways to help, to cause good trouble, to work for a better world. We all have different skills and different kinds of power, so find the things that you can do and do them. As always, we will find our way together. And this, of course, is Memorial Day weekends, a day first observed in 1868 to commemorate the sacrifice of soldiers who served in the Civil War, and now more broadly, 
a day for remembering all those who have died in military service. It's a complicated holiday because in truth, it's about honor and mourning and it's simultaneously treated like the kickoff for summer and white pants and furniture sales. And death in military service is tied to war, to violence, to nationalism. I appreciate Sheila sharing her grandson's story this morning and her honesty about how his military service gave his life meaning while also cutting it short. His commitment to his fellow soldiers was commendable. And still, I'm wary of glorifying death and military service because I wish for a world with less violence, less imperialism, less death in combat, less PTSD among veterans. And yet I look at what's happening in Ukraine right now and it would be naive at best to think that people and countries never have to defend themselves. So instead of making it simple, we come today holding the complexity of this holiday and what it means to serve in the armed forces. So I'd like to tell you a story about my own experience. When I was a freshman in college at Syracuse University, I needed a gym credit. And the only class I could take was ambiguously called physical training at 6.30 every morning in the football stadium. I remember that first morning, the inside of my nose freezing from the bitter January cold as a friend and I tried to find an unlocked entrance to that massive stadium. And then two men in matching gray windbreakers jogged past and told us to enter by the loading docks and said everyone would be lining up soon. When we finally made it onto the field, Everyone was wearing matching black shorts and gray t-shirts with the word army printed across their chests in large black font. See, we had unknowingly signed up for army ROTC physical training as a gym class. My grandfathers had served in the military decades ago, but I myself had never had any proximity to the military nor had I imagined that this was what I'd signed up for. The drill sergeants called everyone into formation, and I awkwardly tried to follow orders I didn't understand, wearing a pink t-shirt amidst all the gray. They'd misspelled my name on the roster, so for the rest of the semester I became Civilian Gary, or occasionally Lauren. My friends and family all assumed I'd drop out, but I stubbornly refused, and I'm glad I stayed, odd as I was amidst the sea of uniforms. I remember running laps around the stadium and trying to tune out the politics of some of the cadets, making sure not to engage and just get through the pacing. And still, I never felt excluded or separate. There was a palpable commitment to the unit that superseded personality or politic, and I had never experienced anything like it. So I committed to doing my best among them. I remember missing exactly one training session because I had an 8 a.m. midterm and didn't want to rush. It was best to do a little morning studying. 
But later in the day, as I sat waiting for another class to start, one of the drill sergeants came to find me to make sure that I was okay. Even though I wasn't a cadet, even though they knew I wouldn't enlist, and still they came to check on me. Over that spring break, I decided that I needed to transfer schools, that Syracuse just wasn't a good place for me and it was time to make a change. But I'd missed all the deadlines to apply to transfer, so I called the three schools I wanted to apply to, hoping someone would make an exception. One of them did. And they gave me three days to submit all the paperwork, the essays, transcripts, and letters of recommendation. So I went to my drill sergeant and asked him if there was any way he could write me a recommendation in so little time. And he said yes, gladly, without question. It was an act of kindness I have not forgotten. And a week later, I got an acceptance letter from Middlebury College. I have no doubt that his letter made a difference, if only because a civilian having a recommendation from an army officer is unusual. All semester, we trained for the fitness test that came later that spring. There were three components, sit-ups, push-ups, and a one-mile run. Depending on your age and gender, there were metrics you had to pass for each category. To me, it was just a test, but for some of the cadets, it was a threshold they had to pass in order to keep their scholarships and stay in school. The morning of the test, a reporter from the student paper came. We were taking the test outside and it was so cold he kept putting his pens inside his gloves because they were freezing. We started with the sit-ups and the push-ups, taking the test in pairs and recording each other's scores. And then we ran the mile, four laps around an outside track in the early morning light. Like with all running races, the fastest group started first and then waves of runners filled in after them. And as we neared the end of the mile, a few of the women in my group were struggling to make their time. I knew at least one of them was the first person in her family to go to college. She'd been stressed about the fitness test for weeks because she had to pass in order to stay in school. And as I kept running, I noticed that six or so of the guys who'd already finished fell into step around the women, creating a shield around them keeping pace for them, cheering them on, ensuring they'd finish in time. And they ran the rest of the mile together. Even though it was a personal fitness test, they didn't let each other fail. They made sure no one was left behind. All these years later, my breath still catches when I remember the image of them running together in the cold morning light. I cannot fathom war or a battlefield. It is not a reality I wish for anyone. And yet I know that there is a kind of fraternity and friendship and commitment that runs deep amongst those who serve. Jordan's story makes this clear. And it's also one of the things that soldiers returning from war cite as a great loss when they re-enter civilian life. That sense of commitment to each other against all odds. And it's part of what makes Memorial Day so heartbreaking. Because death in military service is not anonymous or disconnected. 
It's held within a deep network of commitment. So just as we honor those who died, we pray that no more should have to survive such loss. It has been a very hard week, one in which grief might be clouding our sense of hope or goodness. In these moments, it is a powerful thing to look for the ways that people care for each other, to tell the story of people's kindness, to remember that little things can mean the world, and that we have the agency to show up, to make sure no one gets left behind. We live in an interconnected world, and that means we will experience great suffering as well as great tenderness and great joy. In the words of the poet John O'Donohue, may this change you. May it transfigure what is negative, distant, or cold within your heart. May you be brought into real passion, kindness, and belonging. We We'll find our way together. Amen and blessed be. Thanks for listening. For more information about what's happening at UUCSW or for ways to get involved, visit us online at uucsw.org. All are welcome.